Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. It's showtime. Thank God you're here. We tried it this afternoon without you, and it really sucked. My guest in the ADD interview is a car guy, a TV personality, and a big bearded bundle of fun. It's my pal, Rutledge Wood. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week. 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Sherry. Say hi to Sherry, everybody. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Sherry. And if Phil was here, he would say hi, Sherry, too. But he's not. Uh, he cannot join us today because the ship uh, actually had to uh, sail out early. I don't know why. I think the captain said, listen, I know we're going to the Caribbean, but first I got to stop by my mother's house and just pick something up. <laughs> I'd ask all you guys to come in, but she's got a dog and she's got to put the dog away. And so <laughs> just stay here. I'll be right back. So he's, he's not going to be with us this week. Uh, but I did speak to him the other day. 
uh, and he was having an issue. Really? Yeah. Phil was having an issue. That, that's it's hard to dog. believe, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Hard to believe Phil's having an issue, but he did. So he, he was telling me his issue and, uh, and I could not help, you know, use it for my amusement. <laughs> of course. It sounded like the, what? but we what? should all, you should give us all the same cabin. No. So you're being, if I understand it correctly, you're being penalized, uh, because you're frequent comic, you're a comic and they're used more frequently. Is that, accurate yes yes that's exactly accurate yeah all right so if you were like a dancer this wouldn't be a problem <laughs> it's like i'm in a constant sketch no matter what we talk about <laughs> that's what it's like it's like i'm in a sketch it's like i'm in a sketch and i, and I don't know i'm in one until i'm in one <laughs> that's what it is yeah, I have no idea I'm in a sketch until the end of the fucking sketch. And there's a big punchline, balloons, fucking a big finale. You know, what the fuck? I'm telling you an issue I'm having. <laughs> you know? You're the only one that knows we're in a sketch. I have no idea. <laughs> so great. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I just pictured him dancing in a grass skirt. <laughs> I don't know why he takes your calls. <laughs> right. That is a great question, Alex. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's And I love that his misery brings you so much joy. <laughs> he gets all, all, all wound up about something, and I just play something that makes him even angrier. So now he's angry at me, but, but the issue that caused his initial anger is kind of, it's better for him. So I'm actually it's helping him. Right, it's therapeutic, yeah. I'm giving him perspective. That's what you call helping. That is, yeah. Before, he, he thought he was angry about this, but now he's really angry at me. So, by the way, Phil, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so if he was here, Sherry, he, he would have said hello to you. Um, but I would like to begin today's proceedings by, uh, uh, by letting you all know that my pal, Marcus, rose to the moment stern... Has a very interesting story he told me yesterday. Wow. Oh, yeah. the uh, At the Safeway incident, as we will call it. Yeah. Not everybody finds out who they are at the checkout aisle at the Safeway on Wisconsin Avenue. But Mark actually found enlightenment in that moment. I, I passed some kind of tests. And yes. let me explain. I'm checking out with my items mm -hmm. and I have a case of water. And as I do when I'm checking out, I always pick that up first because they don't want you to put it on the on the belt. So I, I reach over and I, I lean over and so she can scan it and I put it immediately back in my cart. I'm just kind of minding my own business. And I look over and now there's a woman who's behind me and she kind of breaks protocol and she leans in to, to say something to the checkout woman. Uh -huh. And, you know, and I kind of think well, that's a little odd. And then I have one last item, a huge thing of cat litter. It's like 25 pounds. She's trying to scan it. I think she does. So I grab it and I put it into the, into the cart. And then she walks around with a hand scanner. And I'm like, oh, did it not scan? And she doesn't say anything. And she looks down and she sees the case of water. And she looks up and she goes, oh, I scanned that case of water already. Right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then all of a sudden it dawns on me. And I go, yes, you did. And I turned to the woman because now I realize that the woman who had been leaning in to talk to the checkout girl had been accusing me of trying to shoplift a case of water. So I just turned and now <laughs> this is the moment where, you know, I have failed many times before in traffic, you know, with a horn, you know, yelling at the woman at the ATM machine, telling her to go F herself. And I, in this moment though, I just learned when I said, 
Yes, you did scan it already. Why did somebody say that you hadn't (laughs) basically calling out this woman for accusing me of shoplifting? And I'd say it while I'm looking right at the woman Mm -hmm. and she just looks down in shame. (laughs) (laughs) And I just laughed because I was like, this is absurd. It's like five ninety nine. I'm not stealing a case of water. And on top of this, I was wearing I have this Marine shirt that I wear that says pain is weakness leaving the body. It makes me feel tough. Right. Mm -hmm. A Marine buddy of mine gave it to me. And so this woman doesn't know that I'm not in the Marines. If you look at that, you think, oh, mm-hmm. maybe this guy was in the Marines. So on top of this all, she's basically, in her mind, maybe accused you of an ex-soldier, an ex-military guy of stealing a case of Of not having she- honor, yeah. But first of all, I'm very happy that you knew who you were in that moment and it didn't, it didn't trigger rage in you. But let's be honest, no one's going to mistake you for a Marine. <laughs> I mean, a very small Marine, Mark. Yes. You you could be carrying a rifle and and coming down in a parachute. No one is gonna. Um, no one's gonna think you're the your first in storm in the beachhead. Yes, honey. Wasn't Gomer Pyle a Marine? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. I think Mark can be a Marine. No, I, I think Gomer Pyle can be a Marine. Mark Stern cannot be a Marine. <laughs> yeah, but I was. You know, uh, you, you find yourself at these cro- these crossroads where there's. I'm not Sicilian, but I got a lot of Sicilian in me mm-hmm. that wants to build up and be like, hey, lady, where do you get off? Wait, you know, all of a sudden I'm talking like I'm from New York. I'm like, you, what the hell is your yeah, problem, yeah. lady? I'll tell you a couple of things about you. You got to work on. All right. Yeah. And it's all bubbling up. But I just laughed. I was like, this is so absurd that somebody would think this of me. And so I just I met I sort of met that moment. Yes. And, and, and met it with grace. Yes. I when guess. you told me this story, I was like, because you knew who you were in that moment. So it didn't affect you. You know, and, and as far as you being a Sicilian, you're not a Marine and you're not a Sicilian. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. You, you know, I I'm got- here to let you. I'm here to disillusion you. It's OK to be disillusioned. Don't become disenchanted. Still love life. Disillusion me. You don't have any illusion. You know, Mark, I got some really sage advice early on in life and not until later did I understand it. Okay. Someone told me you have a good heart. Good things come from it. Well, Mark, you have a good heart. So you knew the right thing. You followed it. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. That's good. He's, he's going to do something stupid later. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's inevitable. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you knew it wasn't true. And you knew you didn't, you didn't have to engage in an argument that was so patently false because you're like, excuse me, lady, really? Yeah, it was casting yeah. judgment. Yeah, but but you knew that. But I I think you were just secure in who you were. Yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna get angry about it. I'm bemused by it. So I, I think you knew who you were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, and and how many times too have we had the moral high ground? Whether it's an argument with somebody that you love or in a situation like that, mm-hmm. and then you quickly lose that moral high ground because you overreact. <laughs> you yeah, do something that's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's yeah, it's Marcus Aurelius again. The the effects of anger are far more destructive than the incident that inspired us in it. But I know that yes. theoretically, you live that out by not by not giving into that impulse. But me, even when I'm in an argument with my wife, and I realize in the middle of it, oh wait. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I realize I'm wrong, but I'm like, I'll apologize tomorrow, but I got to win this thing now. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> really? Survival of the fittest. So that's the, that's the impulse I got to get rid of. So I got it too. So that's why when I recognize it in you, I'm like, oh, good for you. I don't know if I could do that. Well, I would. I'd like to, to think I could do that, but uh, you know, in that moment, depending, if I was hungry and that woman did it, I, I'd unload on it. If I just had lunch... <laughs> <laughs> and I and that I wasn't is, cranky. I think I I think I can get away with that. It. Actually, it's true. I think it, it depends on the moment mm-hmm. and, or the prior moment, yeah. uh, where your head is. In other words, yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, and I was thinking too, because you kind of scroll through like the mental choices, what you can do. And you're like, what am I going to achieve by screaming at this woman? It's going to make everybody around uncomfortable. Doesn't matter if I'm in the right. You know, it's going to make her feel terrible. It's going to make the checkout woman feel terrible. And everyone around is going to be like, who's this jerk? You know, you're just like, no, this is stupid. So I'm just I'm just going to be on my my merry way. All right, well, and, listen, uh, let, let's be honest, Gandhi. You did take a shot at it. <laughs> Why well, did somebody say I didn't? So. Well, I, I there was a velvet. I, I think you, that's you didn't, okay. You didn't, you didn't punch it with sixteen ounce gloves, but you know, you, you kind of you slapped it with an open hand. No, it's not meant to hurt, just to humiliate. I, well, I don't know if it's humiliation. I think he just took. You know, he that was justified. She could have answered. She answered with her downcast eyes. Yeah, and that's shame what I. On yeah. her face. Yeah, Good. so you know, and, and that was. In that moment, I was like, okay, I don't need to do anything else. Here, yeah, that's you know? the moment yeah. where you decide. Yeah. That's where you walked away because any mm-hmm. more of that, you would have been wrong. You would have crossed over into being wrong. Well, so that happened yesterday. Did I tell you what I did this morning? No. no. So me and a few friends found out where she lived, and we went over and beat the living shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mark. Was that wrong? <laughs> I don't know if it was wrong. I just know that uh, I didn't quite hear the whole thing because if this goes bad, I don't want to be called to testify. I need plausible <laughs> deniability. The right. point plausible of this whole thing is when you told me that story was in that moment, you knew who you were and it did not lead to anger because you were secure in yourself. That's one of the qualities Rudd has. I remember when I first met him, I said, you know what I love about you? You know who you are and you, you are who you are in every moment. And that's one of the reasons... I love Rutledge Wood, and you're going to hear a lot more in this interview. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Many of us are wandering the earth with a fundamental wound. We don't quite know who we are. Without knowing who we are, we tend to have particular trouble coping with either denigration or adulation. If other people decide that we are worthless or bad, there will be nothing inside us to prevent us from swallowing their verdicts in their entirety. But we can start to correct the problem at any point. Let's be honest. No one's going to mistake you for a Marine. (laughs) You're listening to the Adam Ferrara podcast. This is 30 minutes you will never get back. Okay, is Adam here? Tell her I'm not in. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I got some stand updates for you tonight, October 7th. I'll be at the Park Theater in Holland, Michigan. Tomorrow night, Friday, October 8th, I will be at Bill's Lounge in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Saturday, October 9th, I'll be at the Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon, Michigan. October 14th through the 16th, I will be at Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio. October 28th through the 30th, I will be at the Comic Roadhouse in Uncasville, Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Casino. December 2nd through December December 4th, I will be at Magooby's Joke House in Timonium, Maryland. And December 17th and 18th, I will be at Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, come up and let me say hello and thank you for supporting me and this podcast. All right, go on. You know, get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is my brother. He's a great guy, he's a car guy, he's a fun guy, which of course is the plural of fungus. You know him from The Floor is Lava on Netflix, as well as American Barbecue Showdown, also on Netflix. You've seen him at the Olympics. You've seen him at the Kentucky Derby. You've seen him trackside at NASCAR races. He has a big heart and a weak stomach. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my brother, Rutledge Wood. How are you, baby? Oh, what an intro. God, I love you. Thank you. That's, that's, I mean, obviously you do your own writing because that's quality. <laughs> well, that's not quality. That, that's years of knowing you, my friend. That's true. Man, what a, what a treat. As a longtime listener to the podcast, mm. um, thanks, thanks for having me on. Can I, can I just do some shout outs real quick? Please do. Obviously, Alex, mm-hmm. uh, Phil, who's just slowly dying on that cruise ship. Uh, <laughs> Triple P, can I say hi to Marcus? Yes, you can. Triple P. He's probably playing tennis right now. But anyway, um, man, it's such a treat. You do such a great job with this. Oh, I remember gosh, when you bro. told me you were going to start it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dude, absolutely. You're going to crush this. But it's been so fun because this whole time we get, we've been able to watch the friends you've made over the years, which mm-hmm. is the list is too long to name. But it's just, dude, it's so cool to get to see this and get to listen to you every week. Oh, thanks, pal. And thanks for doing it again. This is one of the things I like is I get to – you know, you make new friends. I get to talk to people I want to talk to that I've never, and I have, I have a reason to bother them, you know, and I get to catch Absolutely. up with my old friends. Yeah. I mean, the ride of, and, and for the record, the people you've had, I've listened to Louis one a couple times mm-hmm. because it was just so, it's just so fascinating. The stories and the, what I love is that you've gotten to to sponge up and soak up some of these little bits of, of stories of people over the years, mm-hmm. but then the way that you can make people comfortable and get them to share these things, like, the ridiculous story about like the duffel bag of cash, like it just—this <laughs> is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So yeah, I love well, it. That, that's what, and and you do the same thing uh, with the, the NASCAR because when you started, I mean, you started as a marketer, and you want to know—you want to know what I love. I from everybody knows that we, we've known each other for years, and I said something that Mike Tarico said to you. Which was what? Which was what? First, one of the first things we were eating at a picnic table. And we shot a couple episodes. I looked over to you. I said, you know what I like about you? 
and you went the beard i said no it's not the beard I believe I it was that you said uh do you want me to say it yeah, you, go say ahead, it? you say it i'm pretty sure you said i really love that you know exactly who you are yeah and it doesn't change and to Mike Tarico <laughs> said the same thing to you because I was listening to the interview with you and Mike Tarico, and I was thinking to myself, this guy is on a podcast with Mike Tarico. He doesn't know shit about football. Most sports, if there's not an engine in it, well, I don't have any idea, right? Yeah. Like, I got motorsports down, but other sports, I'm like, I mean, I have golf clubs, mm. but. <laughs> yeah. I got invited I got invited to a charity thing. They called me and said, we'd like to invite you to a charity thing, a celebrity thing. I said, yeah, that's going to be a big disappointment for the people that spent a lot of money to shoot. <laughs> Can I amuse them for a couple hours yeah. on the golf course? Absolutely. How good's the swag? Yeah. I mean, if the swag is good, obviously, we'll go together. Yeah. I'll make them laugh, but I'm go- but I'm going to screw up the score. The time that I really felt it the most from you, and I think you've talked about it on here about when it may have been with Rob Cordry, mm. was when you knew that our show was going to work and we gelled. We were in Alaska, but your truck was stuck for about the eight hundredth time, <laughs> and and there I am trying to just pull pull it out with a smile, and you walked up and you're like, "Man, this show's going to work," and I was like, "Oh, you think so?" You're like, "Yeah, he really, really is," and you just looked at me, you're like. I just love that you know exactly who you are yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't, it's funny when you hear something like that from people that, you know, we, we'd spent probably six months together at that point. Mm-hmm. It It's one of those things that as the years get further along in our adventures, we spent seven years on the road together shooting top gear. So of course we can get to know each other better, but that's one of those comments that stay has stayed with me. And I realized through all the other things we do in the world, having kids, therapy, whatever stuff it is, like, I realized like, oh, man, he's like, that's the greatest compliment I could get from somebody that really knows me. Mm. But also it's funny because I'm trying to describe stuff to my daughters and I'll hear like, I heard a seven-year-old friend of theirs yesterday say like, oh, I don't want to go to the fun run because the whole school is going to see me run. And I was like, honey, I'll show you a clip of of Uncle (laughs) Rut running. (laughs) You... You got nothing to worry about. I just want you to know, like, all the things that you're worried about, I've done them so much worse. I mean, by, like, season season four, one of our producers, Tab Talento, would yell, uh, move your arms as I was running. (laughs) And y'all just, oh, you guys let me have it so bad every time. But anyway, yeah, it's funny, dude. I started from a Craigslist ad, and... I knew I wanted to make people smile. I felt like TV was the best way to do it. Mm. But I had gone to school at University of Georgia for marketing and, and I was flipping cars and, and tr- you know, trying to hustle and buy them cheap, sell them for more. And um, once I got married, then I was like, well, I got to get a real job. I started having this kind of like eight month window of time where I'd go somewhere for eight months and be like, okay, well, that's not it. And right. let's keep going. So I ended up at a local radio station. That was the first time I really heard and understood about NASCAR. I knew my friends watched it in college on Sundays. And I, of course, just thought it was a good reason for them to get drunk on Sundays. I'm not saying I'm wrong there. I think that <laughs> I think that was for them. I'm not saying for the entire audience, but definitely for them. And so, yeah, then I learned about how radio works. And as you know, podcasting, that notion of how do we bring radio to people and change, that mm. didn't exist. But man, radio is hard and it's, it's a tough gig. And you get Every up before too. everybody. Yeah. And, and unless you're selling your butt off, most of those people don't make decent money. Like mm. you, uh, you could deliver pizza and feel like a king. So 
you got to look at output and everything else. But my friend, Yvonne Monet, who had been on the radio in Atlanta, she hired me away and said, come do marketing for us. And host karaoke at this cool bar she opened. And I did that for eight months, really understood perfectly how to work a mic in a crowd. So when I saw this ad, it turned out to be for Speed Channel. Mm-hmm. It was, we need somebody who can do marketing, but also be an MC. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is it. So it's funny. I showed up, as you know, I didn't know a thing about NASCAR. I knew who the petties were. Earnhardt, yeah. um, Wallace, but that's that's about it. I grew up in Birmingham in a little pocket that didn't. We had one racing family in town. It was my friend um, Chucky St. Clair, and his dad raced at a dirt track, and we'd go by there and see this like crazy late model looking thing, and no one else un- was really into cars like I was. And I, the whole time I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I know that's cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was the same thing. I had I I had the uh, the Richard Petty Charger, the uh, the uh, the blue Charger, the model yeah. as a kid. That's what I had. I knew the petties. But what I liked about what you did is, and getting back to what uh, Tarico said, is you were asking drivers just questions about how was your week? (laughs) (laughs) Which threw them all completely off because, you know, that's not what people did. And the whole time I was like, no, but like, let's learn more about who they are. Sometimes we'd find out about that stuff during a rain delay when they're on like mm-hmm. NBC or, or Fox proper. And they're like, we got to fill time. Uh, see what you're doing on Thursday. But like, I want to know what these people are like every single day. So the very first time it was a guy named Mark Martin, who Mark Martin is such a, a badass legend. still today. Absolute legend. And, and also a sweetheart of a guy like he'll, I mean, he'd cut you, but he'd also check <laughs> on you afterwards. Not, not a dude you want to mess with, but a, a great guy. Right. And I went up to him and uh, I was so nervous. And I said, uh, Mr. Martin, sir, could I uh, talk to you about your week? And he was like, why do you want to talk to me about my week? And I said, well, how, how were you in practice? And he said, I was 36. And I, without breaking, looked at him and was like, that's why. Mm-hmm. And he smiled. And I thought I'm either going to get punched or handshake. And he smiled. And he's like, yeah, let's talk about my week. And it was the first time I had done that. And it went great. And I got to learn, like, this dude, turns out, is really into hip hop, like mm-hmm. crazy hip hop. He's super into working out. And like, I learned all this stuff. And so I just kept with that. And of course that, that brought my favorite question ever to light, which is what's your deal. <laughs> we said different. It's, it's what's your deal can be said different ways. Like, uh, Hey, uh, Adam, what's your deal? Yeah. Or the little rapper side, Adam, what's your deal? Yeah. <laughs> totally different retail, totally different feel. So yeah, that's, that's how it all started, man. Yeah. And, and my neighbor is like this. He goes, Hey, come here. So what's your deal? Huh? What's uh what this guy? Got? What do we got? Who's this? Who's this? Your mom, your mom telling gambling stories. <laughs> Just yeah. I the best part about this podcast is it connects all of the tissue and all the things that I learned mm. about working with you for seven years. Obviously, we got to meet Alex uh really early on sure. and just fell in love with her. She's just one of the sweetest, most beautiful inside and out people I've ever met in my life. And of course you are the same way. We're still wondering how is it that she loves you oh, yeah. to the ends of the earth, but God bless her for it. Yeah. I mean, and she, I and she kind of saved the show with Tanner. Like Adam, I know you don't know him well, but he cannot wear that shirt on television. <laughs> I wish she had given me that advice a couple times. No, you were okay. You were like, I, we gave Tanner a bunch of, sh- I, cause I would bring a couple of shirts. I go put this on. He goes, uh, oh, I got to buy one. He said, keep it. Trust me. That's your shirt. But the only Absolutely. thing you had was the pink shorts in Memphis. That was a look. That was, that a, was look. a real look. And the hat. 
that stupid hat we had in Death Valley. Yeah, and that's. I think that's the last time I wore a hat mm-hmm. on television. Yeah. You just got to draw the line somewhere. I even my mom was like, "Why did you come out of the thing in your boxers?" I was like, "We were asleep. <laughs> we were we were assaulted in our sleep and woke up in our underwear. What else do you, you think I'm gonna put on a suit before I climb out of this thing?" Death Valley. I mean, that's I, there's so many adventures that, as you know, people ask us all the time, what's your favorite yeah. show? And I can't pick, I can't pick just one. There's mm-hmm. too many. But when, when you think about Death Valley, we go back through all of it. The highs and the lows of it are yeah. one of the, the greatest experiences. You, you destroyed your truck for the first time early about three minutes into the trip early. The very first thing. And, and, it, I don't think it was your fault. It Someone's was. Like, you yeah. want to know why? Because I went back home. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I didn't have it in four low. Mm. I didn't have it in. I didn't have it in four wheel drive. I only had it in two wheel drive. The transfer case because we had to stop and talk to the camera. <laughs> For the record, you're trying to climb up something that's like a fifty degree incline. Yeah, and I think there's water on it. A wet rock in two wheel drive, <laughs> talking to a camera. And just, cring, yeah, and, and just not giving up, the just rear... smacking the rear end. <laughs> yeah. So that's how the trip starts. Yeah. That is, here we go. Let's start. Here we go. Three minutes later, you have three wheels, yep. and the trip just sort of went to hell from there. Mm-hmm. But it was so much fun. They basically braced your wheel and held it in using exhaust tubing that they essentially just welded like yeah. a U. And then when they noticed your tire was getting hot from the axle moving in and out rubbing, then they just sprayed like essentially like tire wet on there mm-hmm. yeah. to keep it from melting. I had to drive on a berm when there was a berm available just to keep the angle so the tire would fall back this way with gravity and throw the – I had to load the suspension, keep throwing the wheel to keep the t- from the it sidewall from, from rubbing the pipe. We, we cooked food on our cars, mm-hmm. but also that was that crazy trip where we saw – there was an old uh, Dodge power yeah. wagon that has, remember the one that was like connected to the Manson? The Manson family. We looked in there, there's stars up there. They painted the inside and they were sitting there. You know, they're yeah. sitting there going, I'm really high and Charlie wants us to kill people. What do you think? <laughs> then later you're like, I wonder if he ever thinks about that power wagon. That's really cool. <laughs> well, because you know me, like I'm, I'm just such the car guy that, the moment we saw it, not knowing the story, I was like, oh, this dude's going to sell me that. Yeah. I can make that cool. Yeah. And then we go in there and we're all like, okay, let's just slowly get out of here. Except Boy Wonder yeah. bought the DVD collection <laughs> of Magnum PI, I believe. Yes. Right? Yes. Of which he then gets home, opens up and realizes it was a Christmas gift from this guy's daughter to him for Christmas. Yeah. We're at this shack. The guy, sell, the guy sells like, like, like goat meat. You know, he's, he's got like a Twinkies that have been there since the Carter administration. And, and Ted <laughs> ha- happens to see the, the, the box set of Magnum P.I. He's like, is that for sale? And this guy will sell you anything. He's like, yeah, I got a kidney too. What's your blood type? Yeah. I'll give you one of them. What do you need? And and the real joy in Tanner's face. It's still, I stayed at his house a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's in his like DVDs, prime, yeah. prime section, Magnum P.I. Yeah. And I think he played them for us. Yeah. Like on the trip, because we eventually ended up uh that was that same trip where we all almost died trying to get to the top of a dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, running. Me the and first... you running in the desert. And it, it's in in the desert. We were out in Glamis and uh I've been overheated in my life. That's a different 
that was we were like on we were hell adjacent it was yeah. so hot yeah and they couldn't cool us down do you remember the big solution they put beer on a feet beer feet beer that's feet. right they put they put ice cold beer cans on our feet we're obviously way too dehydrated to even think about consuming mm. alcohol at this point but they just put beer on our feet to cool <laughs> us down and damn if it didn't work yeah the budget we had on that show <laughs> was non-existent yeah it was not that we it's had a to make lot it like up. having a real hearty garage sale and you're like what do we do with all this cash <laughs> someone was like we could make a tv show with this <laughs> i still when people ask me about doing the show i said well it's different than you think and they're mm -hmm. like did the uk show have more money i was like oh they had a lot more money yeah. and then when they went to amazon they were printing money and they're like well give me a good comparison i said their opening shot from um the Amazon show was yeah. more like the first 15 seconds of the show was more than our last season. Yeah. That's, that's alarming. For yeah, most and the people. only reason we know that is because our producers worked on that shot and just came back <laughs> angry. Like you would not believe what I just saw. We paid 80 people to show up with cool cars. And then we got six helicopters. Yeah. You know, like, we had, we, we had, had a helicopter. Yes. Do you remember when we had to borrow people's car? We were at the uh, we were at the the Los Angeles River, cleverly disguised as the aqueduct. Oh, and these people, yeah. Lent Do you us. remember the guy bathing in it while yeah. he was shooting? There was a naked homeless guy <laughs> just bathing who was in our shot. He's like, "I live here. You guys are visiting." I'm like, "There's a fair point. Let's move the camera." But There's so many times that you went into big brother mode and tried to help me. It mm. wasn't like I was having anxiety. I just, there were so many times that I was looking around like, there's no way this is okay. And you would always swoop in like, Hey buddy, listen, I go, Hey, I got to live with you. This shit's different. Okay. It's not, we're not in Atlanta. You'll be fine. I got you. All right. Listen, if things go sideways, I got a knife in my back. Like you would always your love your love language is absolute defense mode yeah. for those around you and it would be because i'm like hey what's that guy doing in the river and you're like hey he's not visiting he's dead <laughs> yeah he's here long term yeah you, you don't want to chat with him don't go make friends <laughs> meanwhile tanner's like i think he's dumping that's weird <laughs> oh oh he's got soap too and you're like tanner leave him alone bro but yeah we borrowed people's cars and then they were there yeah they were there watching. Elena, and they, yeah, the guy with Elena the from Hot Rod Magazine loaned me her Challenger and then critiqued me that I didn't drive it hard enough. And I was like, I can see you from here. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to do that. The guy that gave no. me his '70 Mustang, he's like, go beat on the bitch. I'm like, I'm not. No, I'm no. I'm not going to. I can't. I can't do that. Meanwhile, Tanner comes in. He is locking up the brakes a hundred <laughs> yards back, flat spotting all the tires. And he gets out and he's just like, cool. Yeah. Like, dude, they're, they're right there. Yes. He's like, oh. they signed up for it. It's like, that's not how this works. No, yeah. Such, such a race car driver in those My One of my favorite moments was, do you remember when we did the uh, the movie car show? Mm -hmm. Tanner made his like bootleg Back to the Future car. And yeah. thank God he did because he does look so much like Marty McFly mm. and often acts like him. <laughs> Yes, from a man in a wrong time. He just doesn't just, understand a lot of things. Because also we realized, I bet it was two weeks in when we realized that Tanner's, like, let's pick his musical knowledge. You mm -hmm. and I, um, you obviously have uh, a better selection of 
um, what I'd say like oldies. And then you get real big and like anything that was funky and in the streets, like you're, you really take off there. I've got that weird thing of like a ton of hip hop knowledge, mm-hmm. but we have so many crossovers of things that we would consider mainstream. Right. Tanner has like um, Phil Collins and Whitesnake and then <laughs> Taylor Swift Stop down <laughs> until Taylor Swift, who we couldn't name a song. He knows who it is. And then like, he knows some like Tiesto and other EDM. Yeah. So there's like a 20 year gap where, he doesn't know a single thing about pop culture. Mm-hmm. And we realized that so, so quickly. <laughs> and it just, it's the most charming thing. But we were, we had made these movie cars and uh, I had that terrible Knight Rider car where we cut off the steering wheel, mm-hmm. like this new Tesla that is going to be a huge yeah, with, mistake and people are going to wreck constantly. With the yoke. People can't drive with this yoke. Holy the good, crap. you know what the good thing I mean, was I was reading like, well, I, I I can see the instrument cluster. It's nice. Can you can you see the thing you're gonna hit too? Because you can't turn the car. You're just air grabbing the whole like it's so. First off, bless these Tesla people's heart. I don't know how else to say it. They're they drink so much Kool Aid that I don't know how all these cars aren't like neon red. Like yeah. they just that's we they should all be Kool Aid red. Those cars, the self driving is not not real self driving. Like it's. It's we're so far from like what they call level five autonomy, mm-hmm. which is actual self-driving. It's this actually is really just a like, bus. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a bus. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, this is basically like an adaptive cruise control and everybody thinks it's okay. It's not y'all. Like if it can't handle rain and construction, you shouldn't be using it. Mm-hmm. And we saw that for so many different things. But the, what I wanted to say is there was a time when we, we were doing that movie car show. He had piano hinges welded to the top of his doors. And he, for, I don't know, an hour, probably anywhere we would go, was just weaving left and right to make the doors open. We are dying laughing. It's hilarious. And then the car quits running Mm -hmm. and he can't figure out what it's doing. We pulled over to gas station middle of nowhere and you and I go pop the hood. And together, you know, we we have a decent knowledge of cars. Tanner knows how to. You have a decent knowledge of cars and I can point. And so, yes, you were also there. So you were the flashlight guy, right? But I, we look at it and I was like, oh, yeah. So I guess when you were doing that dumbass thing with the doors, you flung the battery into the wiring harness, which flung it into the fan. And there's Tanner going like, oh, cool. What does that mean? <laughs> and you and I are like, well, it means you're going to be sitting here a long time. Yeah. So I look at you and I was like, you know, Greg and Roche were there. I said, hey, can somebody, I need some electrical tape. Need a pair of pliers. And so basically you help me for the next 30 minutes while he just wanders off yeah. going to like look for pretty girls while we're at the gas station <laughs> in BFE yes. middle of nowhere. And you and I basically fix the car. Like you're handing me strips of tape. I'm wrapping some splicing wires. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys fixed it. And then I'm like, just leave. We should have left him. Yeah. We should have left his ass. He, uh, but he, 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 the thing is, he, he has that gap in his, uh, in his knowledge because he was in a race car making a left for 20 years, just getting good at what he does. Absolutely. And we saw that, I think, so quickly. People would ask, like, well, what makes, what makes him such a good driver? And I was like, I don't know, a couple hundred parking lots and, and late nights. Like, yeah. And he would, but the other thing is, it. remember we, we convinced him Phil Collins was in the Rolling Stones and we, and Tabitha. <laughs> Tabitha wouldn't let 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 us send him out into the world with that, and she's like, "You you can't. You have to tell him the truth. You can't send him out into the world like that." <laughs> Between Tabitha 
and John Hess, like, we got so many, like, I'm surprised we didn't come out with an accent mm. after that long with that show. Well, for, we should be, we should be clear. Tanner Faust is not only one of my favorite humans alive, mm. uh, and so, so charming for being such a smart buffoon. Um, he's also one of the greatest drivers I've ever seen in, in yeah. the world. And I, as you know, like, I've spent, 15, 16 years in motorsports covering the greatest drivers in the world. And Tanner's on that list. And there's nothing that he can't excel in. And that's what I think is is just, it's so cool to watch him work. And there would be so many times where, yeah, we were getting essentially the shaft because we never had a shot to beat him. But you and I would look over at each other and be like, this is cool to watch. Yeah, we, we got a front row seat for this stuff. I think, in fact, I said this in an interview, Pally. I said, what made the show work is we all brought something to it. You know, we weren't, that's what made the unit. I mean, Tanner was always in charge. For those of you guys at home, Tanner was always in charge of the cars. Safety stuff, he would, you, we did what he said. Well, he told us what to do, and then I didn't do it, and then he yelled at me. <laughs> yep. But he would say, don't do this, this, and this. That was in charge of this. You were the ambassador. We had company. You would go over. You would talk to everybody. You knew how to fix stuff when things went wrong. You were always there with the guys we had on to fix stuff, so you kept the show rolling. And I would just, like, do the stuff, like, when we had to do the uh, the talking. Like, All right, that joke is good. Let's cut this. You say this, this, and this. And we're on the radio. We stepped on each other, boys. Let's redo that take. So we we all brought yeah. something to the table. And that's what made us a unit. And that, it works in my marriage, too. Because I'm like, there's only so much I can do. The rest is up to you, honey. <laughs> I, think, I think one of the other things you did so well is every time the police showed up, you were the guy. Yeah. You did, Because also, I mean, let's be honest. Chief Chief Needles was who everyone saw for so long, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, you any th- sort of hazard that we got into, either Needles or then Nurse Jackie, right. dude, everybody on that side of a municipality knew you, loved you. But the, the fastest pullover, I'm telling Tanner, middle of, of nowhere, outskirts in upstate New York, mm-hmm. we've been at that guy, I think his name was Alan Wilsick, had the largest private racetrack at a residence yeah, remember we had that we had the old ladies <laughs> i had a oh and we backed over the sit and scoot by accident <laughs> we were we were flying God, we were going so fast we were flying home from from the shoot mm-hmm. we told him dude I, I don't think this is like you're going like 80 he's like no it's probably 70 i was like it's not we're in the middle of no it's probably 55 maybe 45 we crest that hill and there's the cop and immediately we're pulled over and you from the back seat get us out of that. We were outside the car in 15 seconds taking a picture with him. Yeah, because he recognized he's like, hey, are you the guys from, t- you want a picture? Rut, get out. Let's go. We just take it. Boom. You're, you're wearing his hat. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the nightstick. Your whole, like, you're taking selfies before, se- like it was so quick and so magical. And then he's like, all right, guys, we'll, and then we're gone. Like yeah. you just, it, I love that, that you were always the adult when we needed one. Mm. And I'm so glad for it. Okay. Oh, we had a lot of laughs, my friend. We really did. I don't know if you remember when the press release came out that we were doing the show, mm-hmm. but that was the first time I ever had to call my mom and be like, mom, today's probably not a good day to be on the internet. I think <laughs> you should take a walk. I don't know if you know, I'm sure you do. They used these pictures of us. Yeah. That they were like, let's get a good picture of Adam that sort of represents who he is. Let's get a, a picture of the race car driver. And then does anyone have a terrible photo of the other guy that no one really knows who he is? <laughs> oh, you do? 
Getty Images, can we borrow that? The pink tux. <clears throat> the pink tux. The story behind that was I was invited to go to the NASCAR banquet a couple times mm. uh, when I first was working for Speed Channel and then uh, FS1 later. But uh, I didn't fundamentally believe in wearing a tuxedo to a banquet for a sport that a lot of people didn't wear a shirt to. <laughs> I just, I felt like, number one, I'm not a driver. It's not about me. But number two, like, I'm the man of the people. I'm not the dude that's like, oh, check me out. I ran a so right. they're like, no, you have to wear a tux. So I went to a, a costume store in Vegas and rented what I thought was the best tux. It, it was like a size 64 jacket. <laughs> so it's about 20 inches too big. So it's gym clip in the back. And it, I thought it was a really funny suit. It worked great. But then that was the picture they chose to announce. Like, oh, this show you love. There's going to be an American version. Get ready to take a big dump on it car people <laughs> it's just such a weird turn and that's when i was like mom the internet's different than we think now we should just take a break look at everything you've done i'm so proud of you i mean the olympics the kentucky Thanks, derby i mean i was i was following you in japan i was like nah, he don't like he don't like to be outside of his element i go he's, he's sitting there he's, he's he looks good on camera but at night he, he's worried and he's eating candy sure enough here's the candy Oh my god! I do that. For the record, everything in Japan is is fantastic. The the food, not to be like a weird conspiracy guy, food doesn't have crazy chemicals like we do here. I don't mm -hmm. think Monsanto funds the government there, mm -hmm. so um, the food tastes great. Uh, the the candy is better. Like it's fantastic. The only thing that stunk is because we were under that like soft quarantine for the first two weeks, I couldn't go out mm -hmm. and see everything. But they had rice at breakfast, and you know. There's one thing I love. It's some middle of the mall, any kind of Asian food you can find, I'll take it. So mm -hmm. the breakfast was amazing. <laughs> but man, it's funny when I when I look back at all these different things that we've got to A, do together mm. from Iceland to Alaska to wherever, and then B, the things that we've done since then because of the show. When I was covering the Rio Olympics in 2016, we're still, we had just, uh, that last season just aired kind of april of 2016 so mm -hmm. i'm a couple months later i'm down in rio and they have security for um kind of the big deal people at, at nbc because sure. there were a lot of you know something always comes out bad before um the the olympics about oh it's gonna be crazy i don't go there bob costas was there he had a 24-hour security detail because that guy was in the room next to me well bob and all these other dudes they just look like another white guy mm -hmm. like they didn't stick out at all but everywhere we went, everyone knew me. <laughs> way more, way more for the record than happens here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Because Top Gear was so beloved down there. It aired twice a day. Right. But the kicker, and I think you've probably seen, um, when they translate the show into other languages, because I think we were in, I heard we were in 80 languages, a little over 100 countries. Mm -hmm. That may have, have grown more because the joy of TV deals is how they air a show forever and you never get paid from it. Yeah. Uh, but that's yep. that's besides there the point. There we go. Welcome uh, to show They call biz. it robbery. They, yeah, they call it robbery in any other business, but we call it showbiz. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anywho, everywhere we went, seriously, everybody knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And it started like Dan Patrick's there, love Dan. But after the 80th person asked Dan to take a picture of me and this person, Dan would just start taking a picture of himself and he'd say something like, I want him to see what a real celebrity looks like back in the U.S. And then he'd take the picture. <laughs> but I realized that when they translate the show into other 
languages and they do voices, mm-hmm. you know, they look at voice artists and they're like, okay, so we've got this guy from New York. He's got a nice depth, a good, good vibrato, little baritone. Perfect. We got the guy, right guy. Oh, who's the single race car driver, Mr. <laughs> Machismo? And then apparently they only had that picture from the press release to go for because I got the super effeminate high voice. Adios mio! <laughs> we are in Brazil and every person that walks up to me, there I could hear them like, oh, top gear, top gear. Yeah. And I begin to speak and I go, yeah, how you doing? Immediately all emotion leaves their face. Right. Because they don't know that guy. Sure. They, they know, adios mio! <laughs> so, after this, after the second week, I just quit talking. Anytime they would say oh. talk to you, mm-hmm. kind of smile, say picture. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Never said another word. Oh God, is that funny? Yeah, I, the worst. That worst. But you're beloved, man. You're beloved, and and I always respect the fact that you hustle, baby. I remember talking to you saying, "I want this life. I want to do something on television, but I got a wife, and I got, and she doesn't want to go to L.A., so I'm going to have to do it here in Georgia." And you made it happen. And I had I had Chip Foose on the show. Yeah, all of Chip. And Chip was telling the story about when he had when he started Foose Design was the day he left Boyd Coddington. Right, Boyd goes out of business. He's sitting in the car. He's got five hundred dollars in his pocket. He's got a sixteen hundred dollar mortgage payment. He doesn't know how he's going to make it. He's sitting in the car. His wife picks him up and says, "Listen, before we go, I just want to show you something." She takes out a little shirt and she says, "I love Daddy." He's like. We're going to have a baby. So this poor guy hits him all at once. And and that's when he said, well, I got, I got to bet on myself. And you've always done that. And that's always been something that I've always admired and uh, something I try to highlight on the show because uh, because that's what people should do. Bet on yourself, man. If you're going to go down, go down with a sword in your hand. Absolutely. Thanks, man. I, did, I, I get why so many people will move to New York or they move mm-hmm. to L.A. because that's where so much of this industry always was, but I knew that for me, you know, I didn't want to trade my family's quality of life mm-hmm. for mine selfishly. So I said, I'll be the one that, that has to leave, has to fly, has to whatever. And, you know, when I hit like a million miler on Delta, when I was like 28, yeah. I was like, Oh, this crap is different than I thought. Yeah. This is, this is when the TSA guys knew your name. Mm-hmm. You're like, I am in the airport too much, but um the fact that it did work and i said i want to do this from here and i I, if i'm going to make it i'm going to make it no matter what and i just i've run as hard as i can uh at that goal but as you know our it's like the stairs behind you man you get to one spot like, man this is great i'm on the first step and then you realize like oh no it's like an escalator like the Mm -hmm. first step moved down so now i got to keep going and and i think so much of that of this industry and, and really entertainment as a whole is just that, but you and I know that it's it's constantly changing, it's evolving, and the most important thing that I think we can have at each step is the ability to look around and take a minute to have gratitude that we made it, that we got there. Because e- each one of those things that we got to experience together, mm. it's because someone else believed in us and took a chance on us to go have this space. You know, if you hadn't, and for the record, we wouldn't have successes without the failures. You know, if you hadn't done that pilot, which I'm sure was great, but didn't go, yeah. then history might not have known that you'd be perfect for top gear. And yeah. if I hadn't shown up believing that I had no shot <laughs> because all these like big time, you know, Hollywood dudes were there. Well, when I looked around, I was like, well, I don't have a chance. I'm going to have as much fun as I can. Sure. 
I remember thinking I'll be able to tell my friends like this guy was cool, this guy was a jackass. Mm -hmm. And then when they called me, Tabitha called and said, "Hey, can we get your lawyer's info in case you want to make an offer?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, um, I don't have that on me right now, but let me get that and I'll call you right back." <laughs> Pick up the phone. I call my bestie Kyle Petty, who I met in 2005 because of my friend Billy Race, who I met at an airport. Like all of these things happen in this this tiny time frame. Mm. You know, Billy introduces me to Kyle. Billy only really met me because Jolly that I worked with was a babe and he wanted to meet her. So that's how he and I became <laughs> friends. But like all these dominoes. And then I call Kyle and I was like, when they say lawyer, do you mean that like the people in the commercials, like it's my money and I need it now? Yeah. <laughs> <He> said, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to call Salino and Barnes. They broke up. Yeah. I, mean, I had no idea. I didn't even know what that meant. He's like, no, they mean like an entertainment lawyer. You don't have an agent. Call this guy. He'll take care of everything. So this guy that was a friend of Kyle's who I had never met did my whole first deal. All of these things like just happened because we, it's not like we failed our way to the top, but if you're not afraid of failing, mm -hmm. then success is so much more attainable because it means you're actually going for it. Like I've failed at so many things yeah. that when you, when you're able to look and go like, Oh my gosh, Netflix, like floor is lava. We who could have ever guessed that the biggest thing I'd ever do in my career is a family fun game show. We got 37 million viewers in the first month during the pandemic. We were top 10 mm -hmm. for Netflix global for 22. That means around the entire globe, yeah. my show, yeah. me making corny dad jokes. Like around rut around the world. You're in Brazil like this. Oh Dios mio. Oh, it's lava. <laughs> but man, you're always the first person to send sweet notes and just congratulations and all of those things, brother. I hope you know how much it means to me. You are the older. I always say that you're the older brother that I always wanted. And Tanner was the older brother that no one wanted, but then they were pissed that they got. <laughs> but you know what? We... I I couldn't have these two best friends for life without that experience, man. I hope you know that uh, if people ever wonder, like, obviously I would call you if I if I needed to, like, hey man, what do what do I do with the body? Obviously you're on that list. <laughs> Tanner's Tanner's the one that you're like, look, I need you to meet me in Nicaragua with a duffel bag and cash tomorrow, and he'd be like, okay, there's an eight ten. You're like, how do you know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know why? It's because I love you and I'm proud of you. And uh, I had the time of my life with you, my friend. You go forth and conquer. You're a good man. Do it again. Yeah. You want to do it again? Bigger? Better? Yes. With a budget. Let's look into that. Is that a thing? Budgets? That, that's what I've heard. I've heard. I've not, I've not found that, but I've heard that's a really cool thing. <laughs> Is that like a cologne? Is it a fragrance that we wear? <laughs> I love you, brother. Thanks for having me on. You're going to SEMA, right? Uh, yeah, I'll be there. I can't wait to see you. Yep, I will be there too. You know who won't be? Who? Phil. Phil's not. <laughs> Phil won't be there. Also, I know. Look, I know we're running way long. It's going to be way more than thirty minutes. I I had the joy of getting to hear so many phone calls of you messing with Phil, <laughs> and it was and, and each one would get better, and the layers and the greatest thing that this podcast has done is give people like you. It's like you're handing out one skittle at a time of <laughs> of just a lifetime of just beating the hell out of your friend uh, in the greatest way. Man, you hold them up, you love them, but then you're like, hey, 
come here, get away from me. <laughs> and just, it's, I love him. I just love Phil so much. Yeah, he's great. Oh, gosh. You give him my best. Okay? I certainly will, man. You'll have to send it from one of those pigeons that your wife is rehabbing, uh, the doves. <laughs> Because I know there's no Wi-Fi on that boat. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> good. All right, I love you. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you're on a car show with a world-class race car driver that plays a certain role in your life. Tanner was the older brother that no one wanted, but then they were pissed that they got. This could cause you a little anxiety. So why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at Cruise Into Wellness. You know they also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, pet products, and you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Yes, you do. Oh, you're welcome. 20% off anything they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com. Go. Feel better. I'm Rutledge Wood, and that 30 minutes you'll never get back. Well, it's 30 minutes. I'll never get back. You definitely won't get it back either. You know who definitely won't? Tanner. He wasn't even here. I love that guy. Mm -hmm. So do I. I love that guy, and I was right. I was right when I first met him. He knows who he is. You know how much I love Rat Mm -hmm. and Tanner, and you guys all together. When they come to the house, you guys have this connection that I almost feel like I'm intruding in my own house. You kind of are, so back off <laughs> and allow yeah, us our privacy, okay? Give a little space. Yeah. yeah. Top Gear was a great show to do, but it was hard, man. We all traveled together. We, all, we ate every meal together for 70-something episodes and mm-hmm. uh, under really extreme conditions and and, <laughs> and a, lot of, a lot of conditions we thrust upon ourselves as well, but still. <laughs> I mean, it is like getting an inside glimpse into, into a really tight friendship. Um, and it was great hearing you guys. It was almost like you guys were sitting around a campfire telling war stories. But unlike Alex, where she feels like she was intruding, mm-hmm. I'm the guy who's like, oh, there's space between you two. Let me sit down right next to you guys and hear <laughs> stories. Yeah, you guys are funny. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. And because it was just it was so welcoming, you mm-hmm. know, and, and Adam, you know, you know how we talked about sort of like, you know, the, the camaraderie that we love on the show when we want people to think that we're the fun booth, you know, oh, when yeah, you walk yeah. into a diner, mm-hmm. like that's you and Rut and Tanner, like under any circumstances, you're the fun booth that people just want to be near. And so it's just really, it gives me a charge to like, to, to like pick up on that and, and to be a part of that, you know? Yeah, I agree. Well said, Mark. Another thing I loved about Rut is that he seems to get almost as much pleasure as you do of annoying Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember because <laughs> before we even had this show, I had all those things of me messing with Phil and I would right. play him for him and he would go, no. I go, yeah. And I'd play it again. <laughs> so when Phil said he couldn't be on the show, I said, it's a shame, man. Rut's back on the show. Uh, and he mentioned you. He goes, really? I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, send me the interview. So I did. I sent him the interview. And this was Phil's reaction to the interview. So I just listened to the Rudd interview. You know who's not going to SEMA? Phil. Because he's slowly dying on a ship. This is what the man says. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that Rudd's a fan of the show and knew that that would mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> so great yeah yeah and and by the way can i just say as a side note mm. i love that rut listens 
as much as he does. Like yeah. he's totally in the fabric of the show. He's like, yeah, you know, Stern with the t- tennis shorts. You know, Alex taking care of all the all the animals and the doves, and and Phil slowly dying at sea. Yeah, <laughs> and my mother's gambling stories. Yeah. That's what he liked. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't love those? Uh, those are the best. Those are classics. <laughs> and I love how Rut <laughs> distinguished your love language. He, he said, <laughs> yes. your love language, Adam, is absolute protection mode. Yeah. Like, here, here's a shiv. <laughs> <laughs> right. Put this you. in your boat. Put this in your boat. Oh, my gosh. I, I thought, mm, nailed it. Well, not, not with you. Not with... I love you. Oh. Do me a favor. Oh, please. Shove this money in your pocket just in case. Okay, I'm going to tell a story then. Go ahead. Mark and everybody mm-hmm. else listening, we were walking at someplace in New York, mm. and he's like, you, you got to get it on the other side. I'm like, why? You know, I'm, I'm fine. No, no, no. Let's switch places. You got to walk on the other side on the other side of me. Yeah. Tell him why, Adam. Because we were walking through a bad neighborhood. And if you walk through a bad neighborhood with a woman on the outside facing traffic, they think she's for sale. (laughs) (laughs) People drive by in a bad neighborhood and go, hey, how much, you know? So, but if you're on the inside, ah, she's with me. And how did you learn that? I spent a lot of time in bad neighborhoods. That's how I know that. (laughs) By the way, we're a block away from Lincoln Center. Yeah. It was, was, you know what the Empire Hotel is? Yeah. You're that yeah. split on the Empire Hotel. You walk down there, you walk to the right, not such a great neighborhood. You walk to the left, you're all right. Ah, <laughs> uh, New York. Ah, uh, New York. Town. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and let me ask you a further question, Adam. Mm-hmm. Were you reaching into your pocket with your with your right hand to get your keys as a potential weapon? No, no, not the keys. I had a water bottle, and I carry the water bottle um, like a club, and it drives my wife crazy. Whenever. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's trying to tell me that that's how people on the East Coast carry a water bottle. Yeah. He carries it on the neck. And then he he holds it like upside down like it's a it's like, a weapon. Like a bat. Yeah. It's a threat. Every time we go out walking and we buy something to drink, I always get a glass bottle and I hold it upside down for just that reason. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Drives my wife crazy. It does. I'm like, can you not hold your bottle like a weapon? Can we just have a nice stroll in? In the neighborhood? Yeah, she's like, we live here. It's a nice neighborhood, okay? <laughs> There's squirrels crossing the road. Yeah. Go, birds what, what, singing. What are you going to defend me from? Red wine with fish? Okay. What are you going to defend me from? This is another thing he does, Mark. He will walk past the house and go, oh, I like that house. Oh, really? Why, why do you like it? See up there, it has like somewhere I could put a rifle. Really? It's a fort. Yeah. It's a fort to you. Yeah, I could put snipers up on the roof and uh, we, get, we could put a gate here. So yes. Rut is so accurate mm-hmm. with that phrase. Alex, <laughs> Alex, in my walks around your guys' neighborhood with 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 Adam, that's all we do is we, <laughs> we're basically canvassing the neighborhood for which of these could be a good compound. It's like, yeah, we could put the guard towers there, the sniper <laughs> position up there. Phil's got the back house over there. Oh you know, my Stern, goodness! You can live there. Yeah, no, we've got it. We've got it all wired. Okay, but- listen. One day you'll thank me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The shape of the world, what it's in now, right? No, people not getting along, food shortages, gas is $4 a gallon, zombies are coming next. You'll thank me. Oh, my goodness. But you are so right, when and Rut was so right, that your love language is one of total protection. You yeah. are like my big brother, you know, and I've got a big brother, but you're like, anytime I've got an issue, you roll up your sleeves, you know, like, we're going to take care of this, I'm going to take care of you, don't worry about a thing. 
you know, and even and see, you are you, I don't know if you can claim Sicilian blood. I know I can't. You've established that but mm. that comes out in you of like this defense mode. And I love it. Yeah. It's, some people call it a love language. I call it codependency and it's not healthy at all. <laughs> codependency. It's not healthy at all. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it speaks to your character. The people that you are fond of. You want to make sure if they have an obstacle, mm. you want to help them get around it. And if they've been wrong, do you want to help them set it right? Yeah. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you. And I do have the best of intentions to uh, to care for the people I love. My wife has a different love. Like you're a very nurturing person. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, but I'll cut you if you harm anyone I love. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even think that I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, that's why I have a friggin' dove in my bathtub still. Adam, if you disturb that dove, I'll cut you. Still. True. Still. True. Well, she's gone out of the bathtub. Yeah, now she's no, now now she's all over the bathroom. So it's not yeah. she's not just right. in the tub now. Now she's up on the sink. Which is a good sign. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I was so thrilled she's when I went to brush my teeth. I'm like, excuse me. And she she gave me a look like, oh, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna share something. So please he said the dove is on the vanity mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh, let me look. And he, and I've said, Adam, you gotta be quiet. And he said, the dove likes me. <laughs> well, that's, that's lovely. He you said, so you well, making new friends. Adam. Yes. He said, don't worry. The dove likes me. Yeah. The dove likes me. I could take or leave him. I really could. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and Stern, I your love language is also, uh, I think, not so much protection, but assistance, and 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 a pot. You're you're one of the most positive people I ever met. I, you you serious, seriously, even even in your emails, have a great weekend. I go, he doesn't mean that. <laughs> I do. I know. He I does. Do. I know yeah. he does. Yeah. But yeah. I do well. notice that when your blood sugar drops. Oh yeah. Well, that 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 happens. I need a Snickers bar with me. I guess. Yeah. Make sure. That's no, with but, anyone. But, but Mark too. is very, Mark is very positive. Uh, he, he he's very he's very caring, and he, mm -hmm. he you're you're there to help too. He's I don't think he's going to cut you, but he's there to help. <laughs> he's like, listen, I'm not going to cut you. I'll help you move the couch, but I'm not going to cut someone who tries to steal the couch. <laughs> the chola side of me came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I am so proud of Rudd for everything he's done. I mean, the floor is lava, the mm -hmm. barbecue show, the Kentucky oh, yeah. Derby he does every year. And he goes to the Olympics. He was in Japan at the Olympics this year. Yeah, Adam, you are right. He knows who he is in every situation. Yeah, and he yeah. was in Japan eating candy. <laughs> well, there's that. He, he doesn't travel well. I, I, I notice about it. <laughs> we were in Mexico, and he was so terrified. He's like, you know I'm going to get sick. You know, so he was just... <laughs> he projected it. Yeah, he was just eating meat and Coke, because he figured if I drink Coca-Cola, <laughs> if, if the acid in that can start a battery, it'll kill anything that I eat by accident. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. And uh, and he was right about me. My love language is total protection. Uh, um, honey, your love language, we found out, is, is nurturing, um, but she will cut you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mark has as a, a love language of, of positivity, helpfulness, and his inner marine is Goma Pile. I think we established that. <laughs> Shazam! Yes. <laughs> and I want to thank my pal Rutledge Wood uh, for being on the show. You can mm -hmm. catch him on The Floor is Lava on Netflix um, and follow him uh, on all his social media. Uh, honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. And I have to say, I love you, Rut. Yes. Yeah. Love you, Rut, man. You're the best. Yeah. Uh, the show's growing. It's all because of you. Tell somebody you love about the show. That's the best way to spread the word. And if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And please remember, life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. Part is ended. Go in peace. Yes.
Yes, that's exactly accurate. Yeah. All right. So if you were like a dancer, this wouldn't be a problem. It's like I'm in a constant sketch, no matter what we talk about. That's what it's like. It's like I'm in a sketch. It's like I'm in a sketch, and I, and I don't know I'm in one until I'm in one. That's what it is. You think you would get it by now, you pots. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.